0: Yo, Monkey, it's me, DDP, the king of automobiles, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion, and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. And you, Monkey, well, you, you're listening to the Cruise Control Podcast. And that's not a bad thing, a good thing. Hey and welcome to another edition of the Cruise Control Podcast here on iTunes and SoundCloud.com Sunday, September 4th, 2016 You can download and subscribe to the podcast on both iTunes and SoundCloud.com Just search for Cruise Control Podcast with me, Randy Cruz you can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R E N D Y, the letter J C R U Z. So, if you are a wrestling fan out there, and if September 4th does ring a bell to you, it should because today marks the 21, 21 year anniversary of WCW Monday Nitro debuting on TNT uh, back on September 4th, 1995, and ultimately beginning the the Monday Night war with the WWF and Monday Night Raw for the next five years um I mean can I believe it's 21 years no um, <laughs> time time is going really fast but um you know not trying to harp on being nostalgic but um, you know Nitro Nitro played an integral part. Back then, and and it still does, an integral part in the world of professional wrestling. And I think without Nitro and the stuff that they did and WCW as a whole, um, maybe we don't see the WWF change their tone or change their attitude um, in, in the mid to late 90s and going into the 2000s and into the product that we have today. Um, September fourth, ninety-five. They debuted in the Mall of America in Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and um, I remember that that episode where you know Lex Luger comes out and he's on on Nitro. the 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 night before, he was um, at a house show for then the World Wrestling Federation and. He's now on WCW Nitro. And I think that part right there really set set the tone of what of what the show would later become and what the show um, they wanted to portray every Monday night on TNT. And I know we've seen documentaries, we've seen the whole um, you know, twenty part series on, on, on the network and other documentaries and DVDs that came up that came up before that, with Bischoff saying uh his recollection of everything, McMahon and so on and so forth. So um I think what Bischoff wanted to do was just, just bring a product that was gonna kick ass every week, um, in the ring. Um new surprises, you never know what's gonna happen because at the time Nitro was alive and I and I think that's that was the first thing that was the first thing that separated both Nitro and Raw because for those who would would uh remember raw wasn't always live every week as it is nowadays um and even even in the later part of the 90s they they started doing um live raws every every monday so when you when you go out there every monday live on a big national audience like tnt and your show was live you know like Bishop said anything can happen anybody can show up um, any storyline can be produced. You just never know what's going to happen because, you know, when you try to do something in a taped environment, maybe you just you don't have that 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 shock value. That oh wow, like you know, like that's why he was giving out the results of Raw at the beginning of Night Show, and again, that was something else that was very innovative and creative. On on Bishop's part was it was it unethical? I mean, yeah, I mean nobody was doing that, but you know, if, if you want to get ratings and have more people watch your product and be more interested in what you're what you're putting on, then you know, I, I guess that called for competition, and what he would what he would do was. You know, go on three minutes prior, for those who, who would, you know, recall. He would go on three minutes prior. So, if Nitro was on 8 o'clock, he would go on 7.57 on TNT and say, well, if you're going to watch Raw, here are the results, and this guy be this guy, and that guy be that guy. All right, so here we go. And the action is here, and this is where it's at. We're live. Nitro, here we go. And maybe that, that, that did take a lot of viewers." From going from USA to watch Raw and say, well, I, re- I already know who won. I'm going to go watch Nitro. Because, again, in a live environment, you have no idea who won or lost. In a taped environment back then, maybe the spoilers. And you could find out the, the results online at the time. And a lot of fans just just really gravitated to what Nitro was doing. And that was one thing that Bischoff did um, perfectly well. Um again they were, they were they were innovative they were creative um i always i was always a fan of their theme song in the beginning it just felt fresh i mean i mean back in 95 this is like you know like a, a, a tune that you would hear uh at the beginning at the beginning of the broadcast and like oh wow this sounds very different unique and um and then the 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 talent you know again it was former wwf talent but You know, at the time, the new generation was going on with Raw and the WWF with Shawn and Bret Hart, Undertaker, Diesel, Razor Ramon, and and, and those guys. But if you flip the channel to TNT, they had Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Sting, Lex Luger, The Giant, Ric Flair, Four Horsemen. So, you know, it really made the fan make that choice of what do I want to watch and who do I want to watch and why what's going to be more compelling? Um, the newer generation on, on the raw side or the already established veterans on the, on the, the Nitro side so more maybe the more casual fans knew the machos and the whole hogans of the world Rick Flares. so they have more people watching that product um, later on. Uh, because I don't think the war, I don't think the Monday Night War really started until, you know, the whole NWO thing came into play. And I think once Diesel and Razor, you know, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, they went to WCW, that's when shit really got, (laughs) that's when shit really started. And it was like, oh, like, Scott Hall is walking down the aisle, uh, you know, in the stands. And he's cutting a promo in the middle of a ring on Nitro. And the fans, the f- wrestling fans knew that he was leaving because when he had the final show at the Garden, the, the the infamous curtain call, you know, they kept chanting, you know, you sold out, you sold out. So they kind of knew where he was going. But it, it, it was different because, you know, one of your top guys are leaving for a, 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 a rival, you know, soon-to-become rival promotion. And it was like, hey, okay, Scott Hall. But then, like, A month later, it was Kevin Nash. And it was like, oh, wow, Diesel and Razor are now on Nitro. And fans might be thinking, oh, wow, like, did Vince send them over there? Are we going to have WWF versus WCW? Are we going to have WCW guys go to Raw? And, you know, that happened before. You know, Luger wasn't a WCW guy. He went to WWF. Vader was a WCW guy. He went to WWF. Um so you know people people were moving back and forth back and forth so I, but I guess when it came to um Scott Hall Kevin Nash maybe maybe they were the the, the more high-profile guys because they were the two of the, of the top 5 guys on on raw uh for the WWF so you know when two top guys go to the other promotion it was like hey I want to watch this now and the way everything played out with him, when Scott Hall walking down the aisle and nobody knew what was going on, he cut the promo, he interrupted a match, I don't even know who was wrestling in that match, I think it was the Mauler, and I, I don't even know. But he, he interrupted that, he, said, he he cut the promo, and right from there I think that was May in 96 and shit just started going, man and, and even me, I was a a big time WWF fan, and <laughs> that Nitro show kicked off And you started seeing talent And then you watch a couple of pay-per-views here and then, And people start deflecting Then it was Hall Then it was Nash Then you saw DiBiase and Then it was um, you know Sean Waltman X-Pac And it was like, hey, well, you know NWO, Hulk Hogan turns bad You know, Macho Man joins the, the Giant joins And it's like, oh wow And then you look on what the WWF was doing And at the time where, you know, they had occupational wrestlers, you know, dumpster guys and, and berserkers and, you know, Aldo Montoya's, And it was like, you know, the Godwins. It was more of a family-friendly, you know, kid-oriented product. And when you turn on USA, you see that. And then when you turn on C&C, you see more reality-based storylines. And again, credit goes to Bischoff because that's uh, that's something else that he... You know implemented really well real characters you know characters using their real name Um, reality storylines based on what was going on in society and pop culture back in 96 97 Um, because it was it was a different time in television so they wanted to adapt that into their storylines. And again, people using their real names was 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 key too because not a lot not a lot of people were using their real names um, in the world of pro wrestling. Stage name, whatever the case may be, but people like Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash, use a real name, and was like, you know, we're not gonna call you Diesel and Razor. We're not gonna repackage you or somebody else. We're gonna call you Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash, and that's what they did. Outsiders, um, the whole thing with with, with Hogan. And Turning Bad at Bash of the Beach uh, was by far the most monumental thing WCW had ever did. And, you know, with, without the NWO, I think there's no DX. And I think a lot of people can say that. Like, the, the influence to create a stable within the the organization. Um, hostile, defiant, um, sophomoric jokes and everything. And... You know, it, the NWO thing was just so phenomenal. It caught it, it caught on so quick that, again, going into pop culture, you get people like Dennis Rodman from the Chicago Bulls uh, do some work with WCW, later on with Karl Malone back in 98. And, he, and these are two guys that were playing in the NBA Finals. We're talking NBA Finals still in the Michael Jordan era. And... Dennis Robin is saying no to practice to, to Phil Jackson, or you know, going to to, to Nitro the day before an NBA Finals game to join the NWO, and he wrestled at Bash at the Beach '97, and you know, I think now is the one thing that the WWF wasn't doing at the time, where they were taking something reality based and making it making it into a storyline or really taking what was going on like I said in pop culture and in, in society and bringing it into into their writing. And Nitro was doing that. Nitro was doing that every single Monday. They were live 3 hours. Um was a big fan of their um their announced team with Tony Schiavone and you know Bobby Heenan and even Mongo McMichael, Dusty Rhodes, Mike Tanay, uh even Bischoff in the beginning before Bischoff joining NWO. Um, he even did a great job on the, um, you know, announcing. So, I mean, they, they had it. Nitro was really like that show where, you know, I'm going to flick back and forth with Raw. I'm going to tape Raw on, 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 a, on a VHS tape back in the day. And I'm going to watch Nitro live and I'll watch Raw later on tonight. And, and, that, and that's how people were doing. Either you were flicking back and forth with the remote or you were taping one show on videotape. And watching the other one live. And I did that countless times. Countless times. And I'm like, man, I missed it, but I taped it. And then sometimes when you watch the live show, nothing, nothing really much happened. And then you have to go right back real quick to find out what happened on Raw. And that's what it was from from really 90, 1996 to, to, you know, I would say 99, 2000 was where you really was flicking back and forth. Maybe... The latter part of '98, early '99, was like the last part where you was watching both Raw and Nitro, and you know they 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 did things where they made they made you watch every every Monday because, like I said, you never know what's gonna happen. Like the big thing with, with Goldberg winning the world title from Hollywood Hogan. I mean, yeah, that could have been a that could have been a big time pay per view match. Absolutely, they, they could have done it. But when you're at Nitro in the Georgia Dome. With 40,000-50,000 people watching. And Goldberg never lost a match. Hollywood Hogan is the world champ. He's, Goldberg is the number one contender. And you just say, hey, Goldberg and Hogan for the world title tonight. Georgia Dome. You know? And he, you know, Goldberg played for the Falcons. So, I mean, everything made sense. Could have been on a pay-per-view. You're damn right. But... Again, that's the part of watching Nitro because, you know, you have to watch every Monday night because you just never know what's going to happen. A former wrestler, um, you know, coming out of retirement or coming from the WWF might show up. Uh, An NBA all-star, an NBA guy, an NBA world champion might show up. A talk show host like Jay Leno might show up. Um, You know... Goldberg might win the world title in front of 50,000 people. You just never know. Um, but was I a fan of Nitro? Yes. Did I like or love what they did? I, I love what they did because they, they, really, they really pushed Raw and the WWF up against the wall. And say, you know what? You got to change your product. And back then, 95, 96, we're talking about maybe me being 12, 13, 14 years old. And it's like, you know, at some point, you want to see more, you want to see different content. You want to see different storylines. You don't want to see the kiddie style kind of uh, wrestling matches or storylines or even characters. You you, You want to appeal to a certain character. And Nitro gave you those characters. On the flip side, and plus the wrestling was was phenomenal with the cruiserweights. You know, so many, so many people they had on that roster. It, I mean, aside from your Hogan, Macho Flair, and Piper, you had Jericho, D. Malenko, Perry Satin, um, uh, uh Ray Mysterio, Benoit. You, you had um, Eddie Guerrero. It was it was so many people that they had. Um, the Harlem Heat tag team, the Steiners tag team. So their roster was loaded. I mean again, some were from the WWF, but when you take those people and the younger people and you put on a 3-hour show, it was like, man, like that's why they won 82, 83, 84 straight weeks in the ratings. And that that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time to really just hold up and say, you know, we're we're kicking we're we're kicking your ass in the ratings. Like, can you step up? And then ultimately, Raw did step up um early ninety eight with the whole Stone Cold rise. Um, you know, Mike Mike Tyson coming on board and you know the 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 baddest man on, on the planet, the biggest the biggest star um in the world is now in the middle of the ring with Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold and they're, they're promoting WrestleMania fourteen at, in, in Boston. And I think that's where the WWF really started changing shit around and and the funny thing is WCW knew it you know you saw the, the documentaries and DVDs like Kevin Ash said once we saw Tyson go there, it was like oh man like now now it's um, <laughs> we gotta do something because they they figured it out they figured they figured everything out and how do we maintain how do we sustain what we're doing and you know, which ultimately led led into problems with you know, WCW, NWO, too many members and um not not giving people the, the push, not creating new talent. Um, which that's that, that's always been the story, and then the whole AOL time warner merger. Um I mean there there's a lot of factors that play into into all this. But I think if you were if you were a wrestling fan growing up in that time in that era it, it, to me it's I don't wanna say hands down but I think it's the best era in in wrestling ever I know we had the Golden age with hogan andre warrior macho and and those guys, which was phenomenal you know in the early WrestleMania days, but the attitude era the mother night war um would never be duplicated. They still, they still do things that Nitro implemented. You know, again, being live, trying to create reality-based storylines. Um, you know, uh, maybe different style gimmick matches. I know we're we're, we're clamoring for war games um, in the in the WWE, but I don't think we'll see a war games. Hopefully, we do, but. Um, but a lot of credit goes to Bischoff. A lot of credit goes to the work he did and, and 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 the work he brought WCW to a national prominent level, where they really defeated WWF for two straight years, two straight years of just nonstop action on TNT. And when you got Ted Turner behind you, you get three hours every Monday night. Then ultimately, you get two hours on TBS for, for for Thunder, which wasn't all that great, but, you know, I guess, five hours of content, is, is what, the direction they wanted to go into, and then even, maybe, maybe, even before Tyson, with the whole Montreal Screwjob, with Bret Hart going to, WCW, and I think maybe him debuting, not right away, hurt, that momentum, because once that happened, McMahon did, did his thing, with Brett Screw Brett, maybe like two weeks later, I don't think Brett even got a nitro until like a month later. I think right right before Starcade '97, that's when he got on TV and was like, "Hey, like you know, th- th- this whole Survivor Series thing happened early November. Why is Brett on TV now in like mid December and he's going to be a referee in Starcade?" Which to me did not make sense. But I mean, I'm not trying to. This is not for me to break down the 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 fall. Or uh, the breakdown, the fall of WCW is is really about how Nitro changed the game. Uh, whether people whether people failed to realize that or not, they they changed the game. And without that, without that extra motivation, without that pressure to McMahon and the World Wrestling Federation back uh, back in that time, I think the product would would be the same. I mean, they had they had the the talent. They were doing uh, pay-per-views. Again, Bischoff went... Bischoff was the one that really changed the whole pay-per-view lineup. Where they would do 6, eight, ten 10 a year. Then, you know, McMahon was doing 6, eight, ten 10 a year. Then the whole implementation of the In Your House pay-per-views. And by the time you knew it, Bischoff was doing 12 a year. And McMahon was doing 12 a year. 12 pay-per-views a year. So, I mean, even that, again... Bischoff went from twelve. I mean, he went from eight to ten to twelve. McMahon follow suit. NWO then came DX. Um, live shows, uh, being creative, innovative. Uh, I'm trying to think of more of stuff off the top of my head, but um, you know, they just did a lot for the business. And I think a lot of fans, whether you grew up in that era or not, or you you you, you know caught up, caught up on the network or you watch. The Monday Night War uh, documentary—you kind of see that they had they had a big, big, big-time impact. Anybody who wants to um, dis- discredit that—I—I—I um, uh, don't I- know. I—I don't know. I, I do not know i you know—we could say a lot about WCW in the fall and this and that, and they, but the WWE now. Would not be where it's at today without Nitro, without WCW, without Bischoff really being a pain in the ass and really just taking it to to McMahon every week. And when the war was over, it was like, yeah, they won, but it's like, where's the competition now? And that's the one thing in today's uh, uh, wrestling scope is that where's the competition? We have to create competition within the within the organization. You know, creating a Raw and a SmackDown. We don't have that that ecw to 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 compete with we don't have that wcw to compete with and i think when you have uh when you're competing against one another is it's about how can you outperform that person how can you perform how can you outperform that organization and i think with competition comes great success for both you know you push each other to the to the wall you know you know to make you push you know push the envelope and and succeed higher than ever before and i think that's what wcw and nitro did for for raw back in that back in that time and once raw took over man it was um you know a lot of internal problems with the with wcw and and, and, and nitro was just never the same and you know it just you know like p- the winners can write the history however they want it but the purest who grew up in the era and, and saw everything, knew the, the monumental impact um, Nitro had, uh, not not only in the wrestling world, but also in the TV and pop culture world too. So th- let's not get it twisted. You know, they, they had a monumental impact all across the board. Now, I know when I did, when I put on Twitter yesterday that I was going to talk about Nitro and the legacy and the impact, I um, had a couple, a couple people kind of get their take on you know their thoughts about about nitro itself so I'm gonna go through these real quick so I wanna shout out each and everybody who, who responded um at N A R D D A W G underscore J G. Um Nitro was ahead of his time. Nineteen ninety six to nineteen ninety eight was the greatest wrestling era ever. Um and I agree. I again taking nothing away from the golden age, but the attitude era, the Monday Night War era is I, I think it's the best era in professional wrestling ever. Um at Greco underscore Guy, Nitro helped kickstart the biggest boom in wrestling outside of the rockin' wrestling era. Its legacy is incomparable, absolutely. Um Again, anybody who tries to discredit their legacy is—I is, don't know, man. Um, the, the the impact and the the wrestling tools that they were using back in the day um, still still happens today. Whether people want to admit it or not, they still do with stuff that that Nitro did um, at Real Brawl. Nitro girls was was all I cared about. Yeah, they were dope. <laughs> Raw did not have Nitro girls. I mean, they did not have Monday Night Raw dancers and everything like that. So that was again, that was one thing that made Nitro different. I think bottom line is they wanted to do things different, creatively outside the box that that WWF was not doing or did not think about doing until 2 years after the fact. Um at Jam Brandon, if we're being honest, it was the most I think the greatest thing that happened to wrestling after WrestleMania. So, you know, WrestleMania, 1985, you're talking 10 years later with Nitro and the whole Monday Night War um, really brought more, more, more eyeballs, more attention to wrestling ever than, than ever before. If you go back and see the ratings, 4s and 5s and 6s and 7s and 8s, you talk about 8 million people watching Pro wrestling on a Monday night, and 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 sometimes that eight will just be for Raw. Nitro would get like a six and a half. We talk about fourteen million people watching wrestling on a Monday night, and every Monday night, uh, whether you was working or school, you made sure that you got home by eight o'clock. Like oh eight o'clock Nitro was on nine o'clock Raw, and nine o'clock was on USA at, at from nine to eleven. When they had the the, the um, Raw's war, then the war zone from 10 to 11. Nitro was on 8 to 11. It was sometimes 7.57. They'll go to 11 o'clock. So to, <laughs> to be watching wrestling for, oh, man, to three, three and a half hours on a Monday night, every Monday night for, what, four years? Man, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, at NBA Rondo Nine, it Nitro changed the game. It did things no one did before. It needs to come back, <laughs> so WWE can be creative again. And and that's a point I made before. Like the competition, the competition is not there. When you try to create comp- competition within within yourself, it's not gonna feel organic. It's not gonna feel the same. When you have an outside competitor you know, drawing as many viewers and fans and merchandise sales and whatever or all the um talent is going to that to that promotion it makes you feel like hey why's what's going on over there? And I think w- when Nitro was created in ninety five, you know, the World Wrestling Federation was like, What's what's that over there? Oh, they got Luger, they got Hogan, they got Stan, they got Flair, they got Macho, they got this, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, and now they got Ted Turner. Oh, now they got TNT And now, that's when the shit started. It's like, oh, wow. Oh, now we got competition. Okay. Okay. At Johnny NBA, um, I started watching Nitro in 1999 until the end. I never saw the good stuff that was beating Raw. Yeah. uh, If you're going to watch the Nitros that beat Raw, you got to go from... I think it was... Either April or June of I think June of ninety six all the way to April ninety eight. Um so yeah, John, you definitely missed the, the 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 meat and potatoes part of the raw the, the ratings that nitro won um for eighty four straight weeks. Uh let me see what else. At Slack Slick. Amazing show at its peak. Hard to believe how fast it crumbled. Um I mean, yeah, man. It, it was up there for 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 so many years, and they just couldn't. They just couldn't um, sustain it. Whether it was you know individually, um, the merger, um, internal problems that led to, you know, the fall of the company. Um, I mean, I wish it was still around today. I wish it was still around today. Like I said, for the competition wise, for for the nostalgia part, but. Um, again, it's an error that we won't um, see again. At O'Leary, Eddie. Very, it was very smart making the very first match of Nitro uh, Liger versus Brian Pillman. Awesome match. Yeah, definitely. So if you have not seen Nitro at all, the first episode or whatever is on is on the network. Go check it out. Um, at Captain Hype, Legendary was truly. It was truly live TV. It was definitely a must see TV. To see the arrival of the NWO every week, cruiserweights, and the mega main event. So um, NWO cruiserweights, you got a mega main event on Nitro that led to a mega main event on the pay-per-views. You know, I think that is the legacy of Nitro, the the impact it had, that it still has on today's product, today's writing. In the world of the, the, the WWE, and you can see a whole bunch of it on the network. And I think it's you know today you watch a couple couple episodes of Nitro. Check it out. Mall of America was the very first episode twenty twenty one years ago today. So, um, but we have to thank people like Eric Bischoff and the Scott Halls and the Kevin Nash and for really for really taking. Wrestling to a different level, you know. Maybe back then, may, still now, wrestling may not be as, you know, taken serious, taken seriously or accepted. Um, I think it it has been more accepted nowadays. You know, more famous people are wrestlers. Uh, are fans of wrestling more hip hop stars are fans of wrestling, and but they took it to a, to a national. I know I know McMahon did it too. But I'll talk about when it comes to the ratings and TV and pop culture, they took it to a different level. Uh, WWF was there, but Nitro and World Championship Wrestling took it to a level where it, it's it it won't be duplicated. It will never happen again. You're not going to see you're not going to see Raw get fours and fives and six and sevens and eights. For, for, for a three-hour show. You, you're you not going to do it. I know back then it was two hours. Raw was two hours back then. So it was, it was, it's a lot different. Nitro was three. But still they were getting sevens and six and fives in the ratings. And they were still having Piper and, and, and Hogan and Flair and DDP. Then later became Booker T and, and, and those guys, Bret Hart. But Raw... To, to keep it real, they, they just developed new talent. They developed new talent. Kurt Angles and Kane and Edge and Christian. Um, There's so many people. That, the Rock and Stone Cold, DX. The New Age Outlaws. Uh, Mick Foley had three different personas. And Nitro just kept going with what they got. And I think the biggest one they get created was Goldberg. Like Internally, they created Goldberg. And... You know, I think he was the biggest creation that they, they had during that era. Not entirely, but during that era, Goldberg was the biggest star that they created. Um, so, again, man, 21 year anniversary of Monday Nitro. Uh, big day for wrestling fans. Again, if you haven't checked it out, go check it out on the network. Nitro, the debut episode, more of America. Minneapolis, Minnesota, or just check out check out random nitros, and you know maybe if you see it now, you kind of question like, man, how did this be raw in the ratings? Like this, nothing happened on the show, but you know that's 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 thinking hindsight. Back twenty one years ago, when you see these guys on TNT live, that's that's that that's what we saw. That's what gravitated our attention. And may not gravitate now. You can look at the the product now. Uh, from back then and be like why did so many people watch this episode how did Nitro beat Raw 84 straight weeks when they had the same main event or 21 members of the NWO and whatever the case may be but it just gravitated people it really gravitated people where you know what I'm not gonna change the remote my remote is staying on TNT for Nitro and that's it and then sometimes it happened too. For me, I had it on Raw majority of the time. But I, when when I saw something crazy happen on Nitro, you damn sure I, I was I was changing that channel. And I seen it. This thing coming from the rafters and Warrior come back, and they thought DDP was gonna join the NWO. He shook Scott Hall's hand and he gave him the the, the diamond cutter. There was so many great memories, man. And I think it's too many to to kind of think back and. and Um, kind of say it right now, but, um, Nitro will always live on, man. Big time legacy, big time, uh, game changer in wrestling, in television. And I think people should, should applaud their, 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 the, the work, the, the talent that did, that did their thing back in the day. And Bischoff is right at the top of the helm for bringing Nitro to life and bringing those, um, those qualities of programming, live programming, and being creative, different outside the box. And now that has transferred to the WWE and Vince McMahon. So, uh, from Randy Cruz, you can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R E N D Y, the letter J C R U Z. I want to say thank you to those who uh, tweeted at me their thoughts on Nitro. You can check it out later on today on both iTunes. And SoundCloud, again, you can download and subscribe. You can give us a four or five-star rating on, on iTunes. Um, you can also subscribe on SoundCloud as well. Again, Rainy J. Cruz on Twitter. Uh, I got cruise Control t-shirts on ProWrestlingTees.com slash Cruz Control, C-R-U-Z, Control so uh, If you want to support the program Support the po- the podcast i greatly appreciate it And again check me out uh, Sometime next week More shows to, to Tape, wrestling, NBA We got the NBA coming up in a month and a half I know NFL is coming up next week So we got some things coming up On the podcast So I thank you for those who are a fan of, of the show Who have Downloaded, subscribed Follow me on, on the SoundCloud and um, who has ever hit me up on Twitter giving me your thoughts uh, and for those who hear this uh, just, just tweet at me and let me know your thoughts on it if I forgot something I, I, I apologize <laughs> trying to think back 21 years to the whole legacy of Nitro in, in 40 minutes it's not uh, you know, that's not gonna happen so again Randy Cruz &D JCRUZ on Twitter uh, that's it man Nitro 21 years. I'm out. I'm out.